on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself and launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Lockie taking the hosting duties this week while Ian deserves some R&R and some beers up on the Gold Coast. But in his place, I'm lucky enough to be joined by my good mate, lifelong bagger and big V basketball extraordinaire, just quietly, (laughs) (laughs) J-Rob. Thanks for being here, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Lockie. It's uh, it's a pleasure. I got the call up late, which is okay, used to being in in that position. but no, look, uh, first time podcaster. So uh, yeah, I guess a couple of rooks with you with the hosting duties and me coming in into the body. That's it. We're learning together through this one. And I mean, you've been begging me since the inception of the podcast to make an appearance. <laughs> so it was, it's, you know, it's about time <laughs> that you make an appearance. But what better week, I guess, for you to come on when, when, I, when I knew that I had to get a replacement and you were the first on my list, of course, and we we're pre- talking about this game, it's like, Gee, it, it could go either way. Our tails are up after last week, but it's like we could be dealing with a loss here and then we deliver Absolutely. that. I know. What a performance. It was, uh, yeah, there was some nervy times, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I kind of feel like a bit on cloud nine at the moment. I'm sure plenty of baggers feel the same way. But uh, I think what I'd like to do is keep your lid on um, <laughs> throughout, throughout this episode. I, uh, I was listening to... Um, a few comments and callers on SEN the, the morning after the game and uh, oh. lids are off around around the country, I would say. <laughs> lids are off. But uh, I would like to bring just a bit of balance uh, to, to the show this week because I know you're going to be firing up and uh, purchasing tickets in advance uh, for September. So, um, so yeah. Well, I mean, before, before the season, we ran through our like, all right, let's look at each game, which ones we're we winning, which one we're we putting an L to. And we ended up about, we thought around 12 and 10 was where we were going to be, around eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was with a win against Richmond and then a loss against the Bulldogs. So it's pretty hard to not already jump ahead like that. I know when we were speaking to CJ, she, she reckons that we're premiers. She's locking that in. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep that lid on. But yeah. it's, just, it's just so hard. The P word. So it's, uh, it's one that uh, I'd, I'd say fans at our age bracket um, haven't had the luxury of, of mentioning. <laughs> Although I was there uh, in 2013, uh, that fateful, fateful day oh, yeah. the G against the Tigers. So that was that was pretty special, to be honest. Uh, like when you when you hear that, you know, it's been that long ago, um, that long since we broke that drought, and then you know, to back it up and go 2-0 first time in 10 years, you, you do you do start to feel that, that something special is happening. Um, but, jeez, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was at the Doggies game last season and uh, it almost yeah. looked like the, the same thing was happening, didn't it? And uh, we were yeah, able wrong. to just show something new, show another layer, soak up a bit of pressure, obviously made our mistakes, but, um, yeah, a new look, new look sort of outfit from the, from the boys this season. Yeah, you're not wrong. Certainly some nervy, very nervy moments as we got through the game. And you're right, it did. It was eerily similar to that performance. And the things that we've seen 
our team do over these past few years when we kind of get our hopes up and we jump to these leads and we, then we get these big swings. So that's a, just another reason why I'm so proud of this performance because it shows that it's a different year this year and we're getting that maturity and we're getting those cooler heads to be able to deal with the pressure. And we're mm. always going to need some luck and their, their goal shots at the end were pretty awful. But that's, yeah, good teams find a way just to get the wins on the board. So... I mean, yeah. That they do. Yeah, look, you, you had the luxury of, of watching it live. <laughs> I should probably get it out of the way. Uh, you, yeah, do it. A life, it's the elephant in the room. A lifelong blue. Uh, so it's probably not great to say I couldn't watch it live. Um, I was unfortunately at, at basketball training, which which you've alluded to uh, me playing, which is which is great. Didn't expect that. But I did have to to play and, and we're sort of that 7 to 10 p.m. bracket, which of course is the worst thing in the world on a Thursday. We've got two Thursday night rounds to start the season. So I actually feel a little bit different uh, to you. But having mm. watched the game, uh, the full replay, uh, I wasn't as nervy, obviously, in that fourth quarter. But what I did notice is just, you know, the speed at which the dogs kicked back was mm. slower. I just felt like we weren't the Blues that got beat out of the middle contest after contest, clearance after clearance, and all of a sudden six goals were piled on. I think mm. we really made the dogs work for each one of those goals. That They definitely came back and, and they're, a, they're, a, they're a, a runner-up in the premiership sort of side, so they, they weren't anything to smirk at. Um, but I just noticed it was a little less intense, uh, their, their way that they kicked back. Um, yeah. So it was, it was nice to see that, maybe because I knew the result. Uh, <laughs> there was a little less stress on the line. How were you feeling on game day? I am so envious of the position that you're in because I I was very ready to walk out of the apartment. I was very ready to pause the pause the KO stream so that I could skip ahead later on. I, it was yeah, it was a stressful moment. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, look, this is the kind of game we shouldn't be expecting to win this one. It's like in against Richmond, it was like, oh, we don't want to have to start the season again on one. And in this one, it's like this is a luxury if we get this win. And if we if, if we fall over, like, you know, it's kind of like the same old thing and that'll be disappointing, but we know that we're still yeah. heading in the right direction. But just getting the wins on the board, it's just so important. And um, I, I think some of the the players and, and coaches mentioned that as well. It's like it's – you can – I think it, it might have been Ash Hansen in the press conference actually talking about – you can you can tell the players all week. You know you're doing well. We're we're heading in the right direction. Like this is all great. But if as if the Ws aren't racking up and you're not getting the points on the board, then it's hard to keep that belief. So yeah, it's just so nice to have broken that trend. And yeah, we're we're just set the season up so nicely. Yeah, it's it's almost great timing. I know, obviously, with the COVID protocols, it's it's been an awkward week for the Blues, but it's almost great timing to throw a bit of a challenge like that at us early because mm-hmm. it really did show me, you know, are we up for all, you know, the whole season? Because COVID's not going anywhere. Those protocols can be thrust in at any moment. You know, losing Vossi, the head coach, you know, probably yep. some people, some fans external to the Blues would have expected us to just roll over and lose that week. And, for um, sure. Yeah, I think just knowing that it doesn't matter who's in the coaching box at that particular time, it really does depend on the way, you know, the players hold up on on the field. Um, That was impressive for me. And I I think just being able to see uh, a desperate, determined team on the park was was great because we Mm. did get challenged. But it just seemed like even though we did make mistakes and we did, you know, get through with a bit of luck, 
the boys yeah. really wanted to win. Like they actually really wanted to to keep pushing and, and keep going. And um, yeah, without without Vossi at the helm, I think that shows that um, you know there is a little bit of potential there for this this season because yeah. it's uh, it's on the boys. It's they've, they're carrying this with them. Couldn't agree more. So when when you were watching it back, what what comes to mind is like what were the biggest positives like in terms of individual players or just what you were saying? Yep. What was it that made you most pleased? Well, we've obviously heard we would have heard a lot uh, in the wash up just how great it was at the big the big tools they fired oh. they fired in all fronts, especially coming off a week where you know some would have some would have sort of doubted uh, their you know their, their effort and um, just what they were doing against the Tigers, but to see. You know, nine nine goals piled on by by big forwards um, a week after yep. they they didn't kick many um, was great. Uh, so I thought Big H, Big H probably got things started, and then Charlie sort of sprinkled yep. his brilliance, you know, throughout the rest of the match. And um, great great forwards, great targets, and I think the the great thing about the small forwards is though they didn't hit the scoreboard much. Always his connection with Big H. Oh, tell me about, about that. It. I mean, there's something special <laughs> brewing there. Do they live together? Do they get coffees together? We need um, to go deeper on that. Know, we need to go deeper on that because Always was just putting it down H's throat. And uh, it was great delivery, especially, you know, um, their, their forward 50 pressure, Durden, Always gave us something when when they weren't scoring those goals from, from those crumbing opportunities. And, um, yeah, I was, I was really impressed that we can – have two different dynamics, two weeks back to back like that, and mm-hmm. still hit the scoreboard and still kick over a hundred, which we which we also haven't done back to back for a very long time. So that was something I saw, and I, I think that the small forwards really worked that um, that pressure early, and um, yeah. you know just across the ground, also just wearing the dogs down. I, I don't know how everyone else felt, but um, yeah. it just seemed like we were bashing and crashing and consistently you know making the dogs earn every every possession every contested possession um a lot yep. of sore bodies you know from Pitto just sort of sitting on people crips oh, with the chase down tackle you know it's and Durden <laughs> he, he was he was really nailing folks there it was it was fun to watch and it was good to know that we're not just gonna let you know a side roll through the middle without yep. feeling something and without putting a body on and um yeah I just feel like maybe that had something to do with why the pace of like their comeback was kind of deterred just a little bit. You know, it was kind mm-hmm. of grinding them down and uh, and they weren't able to get so free and just kick a flow on of, you know, six or seven goals. So, yeah, th- yeah. those are the things standing oh. up. How about, how about from yourself? Yeah, the forward line part, that was genuinely my number one thing as well because yeah. reflecting on this match and, and in the lead up to the game, um, there was media talking about, you know, Charlie was – worst on ground in round one. Like you couldn't get near it. It was fumbly, you know, and, and, and looking at it in a positive lens too, people being like, oh, look, Carlton got the win and McKinley kicked one goal and Kerno didn't do anything. Um, so pleasing that that was just like a full by committee performance. And it was like all the mids getting involved, pretty much every midfield kicked a goal. And then this week it's like Harry, Charles and Sauce kicks a couple. It's like the tall forwards, it's all you with the goals. It's so yeah. nice to have the diversity because that was one of the worries last year for me where it's like, gee whiz, any, any game where Harry is not firing, you could pretty <laughs> much do- knock that down as an L. Like, Absolutely. Cause it was, and he was amazing, but now that diversity is there. Um, I wanna, I'm going to just chuck a bit rogue, but I thought Fogarty, as someone who a lot of people weren't 
super um oh here we go this is good here we go there's gonna there be contentious of, here <laughs> yeah well yeah well maybe we have a different opinion on this because i, I saw a lot good. of people i saw a lot of people were disappointed when he was the one to come in and he definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't have been probably in my top three to come in to that role i just felt like he without being exceptional did everything or did most things right in terms of being involved in goals, being that link up in the chains. And we're in this position now where you look at the sheet and half of our players had 20-plus disposals. Unheard of for us. We don't yeah. necessarily need, though, every single player to be that high possession winner. This is something Ian and I talk about a fair bit. Yeah. Now that we've got those the, the elite guys in there, we need people to play their roles. And you know that Silvani's never going to be that 20 guy, but he's reliable. And there was some signs here where I thought, okay, Fogarty is being that more role player type of guy where during the preseason, I'm like, I don't think he really has a place at all. Um, but after this performance, I can see I can see a, a world where he does fit into the system. But I'm getting mm. your thoughts. Look, I think that's that's fair. I think he he can fit into our system. I just think if I'm looking at his performance on the night, um, he was good. He was good at the link-ups. I, I found him a touch quiet, maybe just a touch unnoticed. And mm. maybe this is what you're getting at is that not everyone has to have the X factor. I'm just, I just love yep. seeing it. I just love seeing like sort of depth and, and X factor in, in, in a lot of players. And I know that's probably unreasonable to think that, you know, all 22 have to have that X factor. But I, I looked mm-hmm. at Fogarty and I just thought there were moments where, I don't know, he just, he just left me feeling like a little bit to be desired from his effort. Um, yep. I know he always goes hard at it. And, God, I think rounds one through to four, start of last year, I was I was one of his biggest fans because he was giving us, you know, inside 450 pressure. He was hustling hard. Yeah. He was putting the big blocks and big tackles on. Um, so, I, so I think it's probably just one of those games. Just didn't have his best game. Tough, mm-hmm. tough to do when you've got, uh, what, a four, four mids over 30s and... Um, you know, go, yeah. going uh, high numbers, very high numbers. So, so I get that, and and it's not a bad problem to have. Um, you know, with our ins and outs, I think for the first time, and we won't jump too far ahead. Uh, there's plenty I want to chat about ins <laughs> and outs and injury lists, but I think it's it's not bad to have this problem to be a bit, you know, sort of in one camp or not in that camp, and for that not to affect our our outcome. You know, we've won yeah. the game. So it's good to be able to talk about Fogarty and where he sort of sits and and what his upside might look like. And um, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work a couple of weeks in a row, and um, I don't think we need to pull blokes out week in, week out. You know, if you don't have a good game one week, pull you out the next. I think that's difficult Completely to agree. find consistency. But, yeah, he's probably one of the blokes that I'd look at in the next couple of weeks to see, you know, where we're at with him and, and what the what the potential is. But um, that's a yeah. good call. Can I, can I cast your... Mind over Setterfield then and uh, just what you made of his performance on the night? Yeah, I feel like you're setting me up here to to tear me down. But, I mean, with those, this is another one of the pleasing things for me is the guys that were kind of still the question marks. Like I feel like this was one of these seasons where we had the fewest question marks on players in recent memory where there's more, more and more guys like Kennedy, for instance, He's someone that over the past few years, we're like, gee, is he best 22 or not? There's no chance that he's anywhere around that question now. And it's no. blokes like O'Brien and Setterfield 
that are the ones where it's like, okay, the wing position, we know it's one of our weaker spots. Are they going to put their hand up and own it? And at the moment, two games in, uh, I know I'm lumping these two together. They're, they're both big ticks for me. Cool. Okay. I agree with you for Lockie. And I think the good thing about Lob is Richmond versus Dogs game. He was he was far more in it in the Dogs game. I think he was yep. definitely playing his role really well for us. He was active. Yeah, he made a few mistakes, but not for, you know, lack of trying. Um, and I think... I'm starting to see where he fits into that that role and I'm starting to see him being one of those contributors and, and role players. And the good thing is I got through the end of the game and thought Lob's not on my hit list. Yeah. Because I know we like, we all have our own hit lists. Yeah. I mean, know. many, many still do, still do have. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There, so we're probably yeah. in the minority there, honestly. Yeah. I, I think, I think um, this is, this is his moment. We're, we're no good sort of, playing him against the Tigers and then saying he's that, that's it, his last chance. I think we yeah. give him a month, a month and a month and a half. And um, if we're not seeing what we want, then then there's there's a, an opportunity to talk about replacing him. But I think Setterfield for mine is the one where he has had ample opportunities. He's probably had more time, you know, in that role last year than, than Lobb uh, and probably the year before that. And so I kind of question mm-hmm. what his role is. There was a moment in the game and it wasn't too um, far between two turnover kicks just on the wing. It just seems like he was his role. I don't know if this is his direct role, but when he got it on the wing, he was just booting it, clearing it, just kicking it to absolutely no one. And I just felt like we have players that we can distribute that footy to. We have an option to take the game on. And I'd rather see that than Setterfield sort of just looking to do the clearing ball out on the wing because then I think, well, yeah, if that's his role, we can actually replace that quite easily with someone who is going to get us a bit more of a, a better option than that. So, yeah, I just I just kind of noticed that was his first instinct. If he's on the wing, there's a marginal Completely bit of agree. pressure. He's booting it out on the other side. It then tends to be uh, a switch kick after you know it's an intercept mark, and then we're outnumbered. And you know, dogs actually did that quite well, going from side to side and then finding the open. And I felt like some of the turnovers from Setterfield particularly were, were causing this, um, mm-hmm. this weakness, this weakness um, for the dogs to attack. So, yeah, I'd have to see that sort of stamped out of his game if I'm really to feel like he's the right player for that role. Um, yeah. I think we've just got too many people on, on the injury list and ready to come back as well. Um, you know, namely Martin and 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 players like that, that uh, yeah. Yeah, may see Setterfield sort of sit in the emergency list for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that is so spot on, and I completely agree with that analysis. It's kind of this, this the, the Ed Kerno for a couple a couple of years ago, where it felt like every time we got the ball, it it, it wasn't a look, it was a bomb, and I, I had had that feeling with Setterfield as well these last couple of weeks. But I think the issue, I suppose, with that wing spot, I, I'm not putting him as a tick, as in I think this is his role, lock him in. But mm-hmm. at this stage, I know we could probably talk more about this with the ins and outs. There's so many, there's so many blokes that could have a crack at that position, where it isn't their natural one. Is there is there guys that aren't in the team or guys that are in the team that you think should be tried there if he was to come out? And I completely agree with your point as well, kind of related to, to Fogs, where it's like I'm a big advocate for if we're winning, don't make don't make changes on form unless there's you know really really bad things like. This week, I'd hope that we'd only replace on injury. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, like is there is there guys that come to mind? Because Ian and I have probably thrown about eighteen blokes. Do you have? <laughs> do, is there is there a guy where you're like, why aren't we giving him a go in that starting wing? Well, it's difficult because I get it. Like, it's not our strongest spot, but but without going too heavy on ins and outs. I mean, Martin obviously comes back, right? And yeah. I would make a case for like Setterfield, like can just jump out of that team and Martin can go into that role. But that's a big call. I, I, I don't know if that's something they've trained, if that's something that they've practiced. Yeah. Um, that's really like we don't get that insight into who else is being built up to be that wing placement. Um, For sure. So it'd be great to just say that anyone could do it, um, that we that we prefer as an option. But look, I, I'd say give him another week, but like if I yeah if I see the same sort of stuff and we and we you know God forbid we start taking L's because that's that's never going to happen right but uh, <laughs> no, I can't um, see a world where that happens yeah so yeah I mean we'll we'll see look if I ever do get another run here or maybe I'll just get active on Twitter that uh, I, I told you so <laughs> but I told you so look just keep it as a as a note that that set is is on my hit list and um, we'll just yeah. see what he does in the next couple of weeks I won't I won't throw him out to the uh, to the scraps just yet. For sure. And I, I think the last kind of point on him, I've like guys like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a, a fair assessment or not, but maybe guys like Dow where it feels like when they underperform, they do, mm-hmm. or it, it, he doesn't seem to be one of those in favor kind of guys. Whereas I feel like Setterfield is more in that list where the coaches do give him these opportunities when he's healthy. So mm-hmm. and to your point, maybe there's things, behind the scenes that we're not seeing as well, whether it's training the house down, whether it's yeah. you know, whatever it is um, that is giving him this spot. And at least for me, I'm not like, no, nah, like, get him out of here, delist the man yeah. know, right now. Well, he's one-dimensional, Lockie. He clearly doesn't make a lot of noise at the club, easy to fit in, easy to miss. You know, that's Lossie's probably forgot he's out on the wing in the first place. So <laughs> he's just snuck in for a couple of games. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But maybe I'm being too harsh, but I'd love to know some feedback from, from the listeners whether my yeah. assessment of the field is too harsh that um, he shouldn't be playing. No, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty that are on your side. But it's a nice feeling when at least the guys that we, you know, the ones that, that stick out as not being the strongest performers still are at least around a pass mark. And it's not these situations where midfielders are having seven touches and, you know, that kind of thing. So no. we'd probably, we'd probably leads me on to like. That's a good, good segue, mate. Very good. Like it's, it's, it's such a great position that we're in now. I know it's all just numbers, but we can't talk mm-hmm. enough about Cripper. While she coming back first game, 30 touches. Hewitt looks like he's going to be 25 touches a week lock. Kennedy's come out of nowhere and still Chera to come back. What can Whew. you say about this? midfield mix because it's it's unheard of for us yeah isn't isn't it just a pleasure like we'll, we'll get the numbers out of the way we're averaging up near 400 a game 400 disposals <laughs> um, and uh god it's just it's just um it's just marvelous to watch it's good footy we hunt we're in packs we we really attack the footy um you know hewitt who was a bit of a sort of in my blind spot in preseason, you know yeah. it's just absolutely facilitating and playing magnificent footy, uh, you know, getting it to Batman and Robin, um, <laughs> the connection, like 
Oh, it's just great to see. It's just great to see the connection and great to see Walshy just rolling around and not having his best game, but somehow telling, you know, oh. high 30 touches and, you know, but he's just, he just does all the stuff that you can't, you know, you don't have the beauty of seeing on KO uh, week in, week out. But, um, yeah, no, the connection's just fantastic. And look, it goes without saying two weeks in, we, Cripps is back. He's back. And I'll put, I'll put my hand up and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had, I was, I was strong on him last season. And as I think you should be of your, of your leaders and yep. your, your, your players that are meant to be setting the tone, um, you know, leading from the front, like Cripps was a wounded, wounded blue last yeah. week, uh, last year. And um, I think honestly, best not to underplay the effect that that has on the players. You've had, you know, your, your contested winner, your ball winner, you know, undisputed MVP at the club for the last sort of seven, eight years, um, go down and have a season like that and sort of back-to-back seasons almost because he oh, yeah. wasn't amazing in the, in the previous season. And then to come out and have two weeks like this where he looks leaner, looks a bit cut, like he looks quite, <laughs> quite smooth, um, still strong, still a bull, but just moving in a way that we haven't seen for a long time it's, and it's good to see because you feel like Cripps has got his mojo back and the Blues just feed off that in the middle um, and yeah. oh, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just good news week in the, in the midfield for Carlton, isn't it? I haven't heard enough people talking about this but have you noticed when he's lining up for goal, the head over the ball and he loves that he's, he's doing the old head over the ball, kick the ball and still, still watching the boot. Like that's like that under ten stuff that I remember. No, yeah, I know. And no, and no one does it. No other players do it. They're, as soon as they kick it, they're straight looking up at the goals. Cripper is so locked in, um, like the goal and just like the goal kicking. Another thing, being involved, oh, yeah. the, the goal assist, the meters gained. He's a new player. Yeah, he is, and I think like obviously it got to him what everyone thought of his goal kicking last year. And you and I would have been much the same. We're sitting there watching the game, Cripp has marked it, he's 35 out on a slight angle, like, oh, my God, yeah. like, he's going to miss this. And you don't want to be feeling that because if we're feeling that and we're watching that, like, you know, like what are the players thinking? They go, oh, yeah. here's, here's Rick, you know, shit, this could go anywhere. <laughs> you know, you, and that's what I mean. Like he's clearly gone away, worked on like a weakness area. Yeah. And that's that's a weakness area that that's like a morale like real morale issue for the team. If you know that a player's got weakness in front of goals, he can have 35 touches. If he goes 0-4 from goals, uh, that's a big, big impact on our side. So to see him getting getting goals, like continuing from the stoppage to run through and get the hands from the small forwards to finish off some work inside 50, I mean, that's what you love from from your leaders. You love seeing that. And um yeah, yeah it, it was good watching Dunkley in the dust sort of behind Rick as he uh, <laughs> as he brought it home. And I think um, probably important to note, he was the catalyst because that goal set off sure. set off the run. And, um, and a lot of the work when we needed someone to stand up in the contest when the dogs were coming was, was a Rick-contested Rick, uh, uh, disposal. So, yeah. yeah, I thought he brought such a strong, strong um, vibe to our team on, on the week. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I hope, you know, where the sample size is growing and he's just going to keep putting these together and then people will, the non-Carlton people will finally admit that he is back and, 
yeah, it's good. It's just That's so okay. nice that, yeah. No, no, we, we know. We know. We know. We can see that. It's all good. So many, yeah, yeah just, and just so many other pleasing performances. As I looked down the stat sheet, I thought, gee, 27 disposals from Williams. I know I've only watched it on the night. I thought that was a pretty quiet 27, maybe. I didn't really notice him being uh, the fifth most, you know, most touches for Carlton. But what do you think of his game? I thought he was our get-out-of-jail-free card uh, yeah. quite a few times on the night. So, yeah, I just thought Williams was there when we needed him. Another cool head, able to get in there, get in, get in, get out pretty quick. When the pressure was coming from the dogs, I felt Williams was one of those guys down back that really held us uh, held us up. And yeah. especially on a night where Wiedering probably didn't have his best game. Um, right, definitely. And, you know, like... Nort was flying at everything, but it was coming in a different way. And, and I just thought, you know, interested to hear your take if, if there's anything wrong with Weeders. I know it's probably a big call, but he just yeah. probably didn't have his best game. But no, I think Williams really stood up and showed that he's comfy off the halfback line. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the For good sure. thing is we don't we don't need him to be a midfielder. If he's probably thinking to himself, like, I want to reinvent myself and be a midfielder, then okay, like, we, you know, He's probably just got to realize that's not set up for him right now. But look, yeah, should anything happen, touch wood, um, and we need him to go through there. I thought his ball use was pretty efficient, and um, yeah, he yeah. was he was a calm head down back, so that was good good from him. Great call. That hasn't even that hasn't crossed my mind this season. I mean, remember the uproar a year ago when we had to move him back to half back, and everyone's like, "We brought this bloke in as a midfielder. Why aren't we playing him in the yeah. midfield?" Yeah, the, you're not you're not hearing any whispers about that because if he's doing his roll down back and we're getting the performances in the midfield, it's yeah, it's cruisy. And with Saad back there, I I don't think I've ever seen. I still have yet to see Saad lose a one on one, which is just fantastic, <laughs> so reliable. And yeah, the weirdest thing is interesting. I, I agree. It yeah, there, there seem to be some unweeders like moments in the game. I, I think we're still yet to really understand the difference <clears throat> that not having Jones brings to him that's fair yep because that small sample and obviously mcdonald going down and big l plow coming on uh which i'm here, keen to hear if you have any thoughts on that too um, yep. a bit of a contentious sub selection for a few but yeah yep. I, I mean I, ian and i had spoke about this in the preseason where i i kind of i i thought weeders was on best and fairest uh for 2022 trajectory and mm-hmm. It's it's hard to kind of feel that way after two weeks where it just, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's going to have those moments where he can shine and take those big intercept marks and the like that, that Jones kind of aided him to do. Um, mm-hmm. That it's still, it's still possible, but it seems like he is going to be a bit of a different player this year, having to burden a bit more responsibility. Mm. He's, so, he's so strong. Like he's so big. And he's, you often forget, like he's not the fastest down there, you know, by any stretch. But um, I think he loves a contest. It suits him. But uh, I'm interested to know the, the height difference between him and the Nort. Um, yeah. I reckon Nort obviously got him by a few centimetres. But um, it's just moments like he just looked a touch smaller and, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, just missed a bit of timing at some stage. And you're right. I think it's a new dynamic down back. Doesn't help that Stock hurt himself in preseason. So he True. obviously would have been, you know, in that in that mix, and um, not that he's 
picking up any tall forwards, but, you know, whether he's just with a, a role to assist there. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we haven't had that worry down back, you know, for a while because it has been pretty locked up oh. and pretty good there with Jones and Wheaters. So um be interesting to see because I know a lot of criticism for the Dogs is they're pretty one-dimensional with the Nort and uh, yeah. with Bruce out that there wasn't much there for them. And so when we come up, you know, against two talls, so I'm thinking, you know, D's, and uh, and others, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and if if we've got you know um, some insights there. But as for the moment, play on. How many how many wins on the trot before Jonesy goes back to the club and says, "All right, <laughs> get it." Yeah, look, I know this is a public forum, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to be too critical of of personal choice, of course. But you would. Yeah, I mean, I know he was a love player at the club and I'm sure they're still very close with Jonesy. Um, yeah, is it a shame that, you know, he's not able to engage with this sort of, you know, winning vibe at, at the start of 2022 after the, the couple of years? Like he was he was completely serviceable and he was really awesome for us. So it's a shame that he's kind of missing out on that. But uh, seeing as he has played a role in keeping it together as well, but um, look, yeah. that's just life. Things happen, and um, he's entitled to do whatever he wants. So, and uh, yeah, it's got its own sacrifice. Completely agree. Another another thing that I kind of noticed, I guess, about it, the the clearance dominance wasn't as there wasn't as much of a clearance dominance in this game as there was with Richmond. But I feel like Pitonet and mm. TDK. It was a, a big one during the preseason where and we've been talking about this for the longest time. What is the what is the tools combination that is gonna get us to the premiership? Like is is having Pitt, TDK, and two tools forward gonna work? Hmm. How are you how are you feeling about that at the moment? Because I, I, there was times in the preseason where I was like, I think I think it's a one ruck, let Sauce do a bit, let Harry do it up forward, and that's what we need. Uh, but at least for me, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with how it's going but I, i'm i'm open to being persuaded pit is most improved for me like at least these last two weeks i think love it love it we probably looked at pit as just making up the ruck for us in seasons gone by i think this year vossi's game plan is suiting him because he's got it very clear go up for the tap Try and get it to the mids and put a body on and block the crap out of and and yep. and so Bastion bodies in in the midfield and he loves that role. You know, he I, I just looked at him at, at various points throughout the night, just lining someone up, you know, fairly and cleanly, and just you know that just being such a difference because we had got this sort of a pack mentality and we're swarming and Pitto's just trying to you know lighten the numbers that we're up against. I think that's great and I think he he's just as part like just as um, Strongly a part of that midfield group um, as the, as the blokes winning the ball, and I think um, that's important for us. He obviously yeah. needs it needs a break. Tim English had a good game. Tim oh, English sure. did some things there where you know he did cause a bit of trouble for Pitt and and for TDK, but um, did having two talls where where English down, you know, to not be as prolific. And is that something that having two talls, you know? with the game style that we're going for, which is pretty, you know, crash, bash, hunt, you know, it's pretty full throttle. Um, mm. You know, I think Vossi's got a good idea on 
on what that mix is and, and we're seeing this tested out right now. Great thing about Harry and, and Kerno up forward is they're not the same player. Kerno's agile, very agile. And I know Harry's been shaving seconds off his sprint with the um, <laughs> what's the, the speed project, whoever it is that he works yeah. with on the offseason. So he's shaving seconds off. So don't I'm not saying he's not agile as a big, you know, over two two over two meter um yeah. tall forward, but Kerno plays that lanky, you know, athletic, springy sort of around the center half forward area. And um, Big H just clunks anything you kick at him. So I like that there's even a a difference between how those tools are working in the forward. So I don't actually see Big H and Kerno as part of the four tools of like TDK and Pitto. I just see TDK and Pitto on on one side and then we've got our forwards there working with the crummers and the small forwards. So Mm. as long as those two dynamics are working and there's a bit of synchronicity there and, and the connection between mids and forwards is is still strong. Um, yep. I love having all those guys. And the, the thing about everyone probably bar Pido is they have extreme X factor. You know, when TDK is coming up for a mark, for sure. he's jumping on people's backs and he's doing crazy stuff. Um, and Kerno's, you know, single-handedly, you know, winning us the game. Um, you just got to love those moments. So I think having, having those players that the team loves, clearly all the boys, you know, love being around these guys. And the fans love it. I think just keep those vibes rolling uh, until we see otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not wanting to mess with this while we're obviously flag favorites um, after the two game. <laughs> but yeah. Ooh, it, there it is. I know, I know you love your X Factor players. And that's so true about what I suppose TDK is now, where he's still like, he, he, does, he has those moments. And then I feel like he's a bit of a lucky Fogarty at other times. And I'm not sure where he is. But mm-hmm. I suppose it's just the it's the opportunity cost for me of say we say he was to come out and <clears throat> it's a few extra it's a few extra set of bounces for Pitt. If he can handle that workload, then that's great because we we would probably agree that he's a stronger tap ruckman at this stage. Maybe there's a couple mm-hmm. for JSOS, which we like we like when he's around the ball a bit more. And then what's oh, yeah. that? That's and that's a that's a Kemp that can come into the side or um, you know, maybe it is Stocker who is supposedly maybe right this week. Or like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. who, it's, who we're, it's who we're keeping out to have him in. I definitely don't want to mess with it right now, but um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I just I worry that we know that TDK has all Australian ruck potential. Mm-hmm. I just worry that how he is right now mm-hmm. is it is it the biggest. Is it the winning formula having them both? It's working is now, it, but are you yeah. saying is it too early for him? I mean, potentially. I mean, like it, it's working now, but I just wonder whether, you know, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure these are the things that are, the discussions going on behind the scenes, and we've tried it, but yeah. yeah. Look, and that's fair enough. I, I just think like at this stage, you need to still get games of elite footy into someone yeah. like that because. I mean, yes, he's he's touted as being, you know, all Australian ruckman in a couple of years, but he's not going to get there unless he plays footy. So if True. we can kind of secure our future by getting away with winning outcomes at the moment and get footy into this guy, I think it's only going to yeah. serve him, you know, positively for the rest of the season and, and for his next few years. And uh, Pito won't be around forever as well, will he? You know, he's that sort of kind of utility that we needed. Held us yeah. up, 
during the COVID years. I sort of see those two seasons as the COVID years <laughs> and just merge them all into one because there wasn't much to take away Barra Coleman. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think Pitto's not going to be there forever. So I think the more that they can work together and, and uh, get experience into TDK, then the better Carlton will be long-term as well. But I, but I hear your point. I hear your point. We need to we need to win the flag. So, what other what other takeaways do you have on your uh, extensive list of preparation there, J Rob? Because yeah, I know look, you're more I... prepared than most that come on this show. <laughs> look, I took I took the uh, th- this seriously, mate. So I, I, I think that's what everyone would expect. I expect. Um, yeah. Look, there's there's a few there's a few ways I could go about this. Um, we didn't really. We, you mentioned Silvani just briefly. Yeah. Wasn't it good to just see him maturing as a player? Because a couple of years oh. ago, we're sort of saying Silvani in or out, you know. For sure. But now it's like, looks like a calmer head. He's developed a bit more, stronger frame, doing the things we need with the pinch hit, but kicking some goals and 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 looking looking very attacking and and very dangerous at, at moments throughout that game. How are you finding? the wash-up of the Silvani question mark that we kind of had on Kennedy sort of early last year. We always know that he's going to do the heart and soul blues things, like the hard tackles, the hard chases, just everything that we love to see. And, yeah, that's that's always been the question mark for me. It's like, ah, oh, just a few more goals. We need more goals from our forwards. So and, and I feel like he does look more threatening in front of goal this year. The What the... Contested mark that he took was great. The crumbing mm-hmm. one off the back of Pitto was excellent. Um, yeah. I just go back to my original point from the start. We're never going to be a team where every every player is going to have 20-plus touches. Everybody's going to have their role to play. And for him, if he's, if he's getting 15, taking five marks and kicking two goals and doing all the other sauce things that we know we're going to get, he's one of the most important players to our team for me. Well said. Well said. No, we we love JSOS and it surely would have been illegal to to put that surname <laughs> out of the side for too long. <laughs> and speaking of heart and soul, I mean, we I feel like we can never like just go past the fact of how well Doc is playing because mm. he's come in so seamlessly. An awesome game last week, and just I thought he was just great again this week. It's. <laughs> Yeah, Great again. It's, it's, it's a luxury with the halfbacks that we're rolling through right now. And he's a guy that people are like, wing, maybe, could. I did hear a bit of that in preseason. And, uh, yeah, there was there was a question whether he'd find himself on the wing. Yeah. I'm just trying to cast my mind back to how Vossi answered that question. Um, I know he loves Doc sort of streaming at the footy, halfback rebound, finding that, you know, biting off the kick. Um, and he's probably, now th- this would be good to get you to just mock up on the spot here, a bit of a list. Halfbacks or backmen biting off the kick inboard, who's on your list down back there? <laughs> so this is something I've noticed in the first couple of weeks. We are taking that kick, whereas oh, yeah. we used to sort of play that sideline, sort of side-to-side footy. I love us just looking like instinctively to the middle of the ground, it almost seems like we've got that that triangle flow. So we we switch it, we switch it again. We get someone replacing from the middle, leads back into that spot, and we bite that kick off. It's a bit risky, mm. but I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing it, and I know Voss loves Doc as one of those 
players who can bite that kickoff. Who else are you putting on your list? As in blokes that I'm happy to be biting that kickoff yeah. or that I think yeah. want no. to do it? <laughs> we'll create a second list, but on the first list, <laughs> who are you giving the keys to, to 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 sort of go forward with that kick? And and we'll see who you've omitted from that list. But tell me, who's getting that kick? I'd have Saad over Doherty. I'd have him as my number one bite number that kickoff one, every day and, of the week. Yep. Now, honestly... I feel like in my head, Williams and Newman, I like in theory, they're the kind mm-hmm. of guys that should be taking that kick. And then in practice, I feel like potentially not. Because Williams, uh, I feel like he's a bit of like feast or famine with it where he'll have a couple of absolute pearlers and you're like, oh, gee whiz, more of that. Bite off yeah. those 45s, but then also doesn't mind the occasional shank. So I'd probably I'd probably put Sard and Doc in a tier above those two. But what about okay. you? No, that's fair. I think, I think Williams. I've got no problems with us taking that kick for starters. Newman, yeah. I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels bad to be saying it to my own kind, being the lefties there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Saad, we can we can hold him up as one of the better lefties, if not best lefty in the side. And geez, can I just say? When you see Saad running at 100 miles an hour, like <laughs> horizontally, and he is able to get that kick off, and it's almost oh, like his, his right quad is just like this thing that <laughs> it just like it just like it's like a um a big like column, like a Roman column, like he just plants it into the ground, and his left foot just he gets like 50 meters of purchase on a kick where his body's going like the other side, like it's unreal. Like you think. Every every player that you see streaming down to the boundary about to kick on their left, if they are a lefty, you go, oh, okay, they might kick this out on the full. Saad yeah. gets it back like like 90 degrees back inside yeah. inside the middle of the ground and you're just like, wow, like he's something like just so special to watch because so he can do it off two steps, do it off three steps, and you do it off 100 steps going towards the boundary. So. That's a bit of a lefty foot tangent that I've gone on, but um, I also yeah. love a walking. I love a walking bounce from Saad. I love when he takes three steps, have a bounce, and then kick it just to get that bounce in there. How about when he gets ball. the ball and he bounces immediately, and he's had yeah. like two steps and he just goes, you know what? I've just taken the ball here, have a bounce, and then he's just like, what will I do now? And uh, it was good to see. It was good to see. You know that sort of confidence is what what we love. You know, players taking the game on and. Um, we really have only had the Coleman medal to cheer about last year. Um, and now we get to actually cheer, you know, solid performances where we're, where we're hanging on and winning games. And, um, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I'm loving it. So totally dare yeah. we talk about next week? <laughs> Shall we move on? I mean, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll quickly just run through the listener votes as Ian asks every oh, week yes. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. Three, two, one. I mean, mm-hmm. hit, hit me with who you think went the three because, you know. So, three, two, one. Yeah. So, we've got, let me just see. There is nine blokes received at least one vote. But give me okay. who you think the top three were. So, top three. So, I'll go from I'll go from third. So, I'll go. Brave. I'm going to say Mackay. For the steadiers, for setting the game up right, for Kerno, yep, to explode, love it, 
and have some great, great attack on goal. And, and, and he's almost saying he's back there. But I honestly think as a spiritual leader, a contested bull and the game changer on the night, I think I think Foggy. I get the yeah, you're right. Fogarty. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the fog. The fog. Who, um, Fogarty or fog? I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to fog. I'm, I'm a yeah, fog. Guy. Just yeah. Yeah, but you do say Fogarty. You said Fogarty before. I go in between the two. I go in between the two. Brain fog or brain fog, I should say. Oh, um, uh, I'm ending the stream. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. It was it was Crip 78 absolutely storming the way. Kerno 42 in second. And we actually yeah. had Bam Bam with 13 in third. But Mackay Bam was a Bam. close four. Yeah, mm. okay, interesting. Yeah, look, uh, just another one of those good news stories, isn't he, Bam Bam? But that's fair. I think... Casting my mind back to SEN's votes because I did get in the car on Thursday night, sort of oh, yeah. uh, with enough time to listen to the wash up. But Not yeah, I think hour. they had they had similar <laughs> similar similar um, votes there. But funnily enough, Crips was third, so they went Crips. What? Yeah, they did Crips, Mackay, Kerno. Probably the good news story with Kerno, I think, is where they yeah, went. Wow. Fair um, enough, fair enough. Well, yeah. our, we, every single listener vote that we received was Crips 3 and I'm I'm with that. I thought he was oh, I'm with it. far I'm with in it. love. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Hawthorne, next Sunday, Arvo, you going? I'll be there. So I'll be debuting yeah. this season, very pumped to Sunday, which we, we don't have a training on or a game. So I will be there with bells on. Perfect. I just caught news of Hawthorne's... Uh, Demolishing of Port. Small win. Small win. Small win. So, Adelaide so Oval. Very, very small. Yeah. And I, I think, like, it's just fascinating, really. The McRae Pies, the new look um, new look Hawks under Mitchell yeah. and the Vossie Blues. I mean, is that the solution in 2022? Sack your coach and play champagne <laughs> footy? <laughs> wow. Look, but, you're not wrong. I won't Let's say see. More on that. Four, so we're six. We're six on the ladder on percentage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it too early one to be looking at the ladder, Lockie? Because I have, hmm. you know, a bad habit. Yeah. One of those blues that does like running the numbers, seeing what we've got week after week, and and figuring out where we sit. But um, dare we say three and zero? Oh? I, I mean, I'm. I'm like you. I've done the ladder predictor a few times in the last couple of days. I'm like, let's just have a look at what we're working with here. And I have yeah. sent the ladder to a fair few people in the last few days, especially the day of when we were on top, uh, even though we'd played an extra game than everybody else. But it still feels good. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, you can't really take anything from the ladder, can you? It's nah, not yet. It's yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that the spotlight has been taken a little bit away from us with those performances. I, uh, Rach and I went to the Pies game yesterday, Arvo. Yes. Saw that. Gee, you would have thought that you were watching Carlton 2018 football. It was it was disgusting. But they had a big win um, against the Crows. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not reading too much into Collingwood's performance. I still think, still think they're going to be one of the worst teams this year. But, yeah, Hawthorne's interesting. At least it... A lot of people maybe in the back of their heads before this game yesterday were thinking that it would like, all right, let's 
this is going to be demolition territory for us, um, which is good. It brings us a bit back down to earth. It's like, all right, we're versing another win, uh, lossless team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the challenge will be there, but I'm excited. Yeah, and I mean, like, great to have these challenges. That's what that's what we want. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a battle. Everyone loves playing at the G, uh, yeah. the Hawks included, but um, it'll be good to test that. I know we obviously had a different style come from behind win at the G against the Tigers. We've had the tight Etihad Stadium, heavy mm. contested ball, grinded out a win that we, you know, were hanging on. What's the Hawthorne game going to look like? You know, it's kind of nice yeah. to to not feel it'll be a one-dimensional sort of result. Like I feel like we could we could get on top in the mid pretty strongly. Wow, well, like it's we a- can, you know, it's a pit, it's a pit revenge game, just quietly. <laughs> you know that he's still hurting. <laughs> the ex-hawk himself. So yeah, if you're not wrong. Yeah, grudge match. God, you gotta love sticking it to the hawks. So they'll probably be up there on top three most hated teams for me. Me too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot of old school mates that that go for the hawks and. Um, yeah, I think just being able to clip their wings with their new coach and their start to the season be a nice, nice result for us. So, yeah, um, I know they've they've just had the yeah. wood on us so much in our in our footy watching life as well. It's, it's so rare to get a win against them. So we did, did last did year. You, but... Did you get to that Fev game where he went bonkers I, and hit? Wow, I think he kicked it behind and hit the post. It was one of those. Yeah. Oh, that one. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one from ages ago. I was there. I thought you were referring to the Buddy 100 oh. Fev 99, which I rewatched the final quarter of the other night in honor of Buddy, and that just got my blood boiling. That's what they should Did be that... showing to the to the team this week, I reckon. Well, I reckon because that makes you want to put like a hit out on Alistair Clarkson and, um, you know, like, in fact, I was reminded about that very game and like – just the beauty of seeing everyone roll onto the SCG for Buddy's 1,000th yeah. and then knowing that, you know, he had that 100 and, like, why would we have wanted to stop another player in all their greatness yeah. having that same moment? Like, why would we want to keep the fans, keep the game, keep the history books, you know, keep that out of it? And I just look at that game with so much salt, as you could probably tell the sound of my voice, but... um you know, he had three players on him back then. Like, what were they doing? What were they thinking that it would be a bad idea to just have the most berserk game in history that'll never ever be replicated, probably ever again? Roughhead kicks his fifth goal for the quarter and then jogs back to defense while they're 70 points up. To no, it sickens me. Uh, it's, it honestly sickens me. After he's kicked five, too. Like, Fever's kicked five. Oh, anyway. <sighs> Whatever. So we should pump the Hawks this week and we feel a bit better about ourselves. And I really, um, and I really think we will. Um, I, I'm, I am feeling really confident about it. I'm excited as well. We're obviously Chez should be good to go. Mark mm. good to go. There's there's whispers that Stocks will be able to return, maybe at VFL, but could AFL. Um, and then there's the potential that I'm not. I haven't heard any updates on McDonald. Maybe you have some. Uh, inside a goss, but there's potential mm. that he could miss. Do you have any thoughts at this stage? Still a little bit away, but what changes we could, we could make? Two thoughts about the COVID boys. 
Um, I was chatting to CJ about this before because, as you know, unfortunately she's gone down with a, with a positive yeah. case. She's in our thoughts, CJ. In her mind, the worst thing, like the thing that she would like to do the least is play <laughs> high-level sport after the week she's having. So I think it's an honest question. Like do we expect Martin and Chera to just come back in and, and want to play AFL, like obviously want to play AFL footy, but like with COVID affecting everyone differently, are they just a lock in yeah. and we go, yeah, or I'm um, obviously they'll make that fitness test. They'll, they'll make that call. Um, but that's just always when I hear like COVID protocol, COVID protocol, I don't think oh, it's automatically one week and they're back. I think very true. They'll, they'll respond to COVID in the way that they respond to COVID. And if they're good enough and they feel like they can give 110%, like we saw in, in round one, absolutely. Let's, let's get them back in. I wouldn't rush mm. blokes who've just come off having COVID as well. Like I think we just take the long-term approach on that. But obviously, no brainer. Want Ches over Martin? You know, Ches back in if he can. Yeah. So, with that being said, we can assume we can assume they both come back if if mm-hmm. they're fit and ready. And so, I mean, we briefly chatted about this. You know my house, <laughs> really just from having the first twenty minutes of discussion. I I know Omac is probably. I mean, that's the back, the same back soreness or back issue from, from previous times. So yeah, I wouldn't expect them to rush him back either. So that's one. Yeah. Chera and Martin obviously don't fill that void. Um, Stock, would you play him right back in the AFL? Or would mm. you run him through the BFL? That's, I mean, yeah. can people just get on Walsh's program? Maybe that's what they are. <laughs> That's the real part about all. They on the same what's, program. What's, what's with this guy? <laughs> Why? How does he do this? Strange yeah. house down. So, yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm inclined to say Setterfield, Foe, Omac as the outs. Yep. yep. Tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, Martin Chera, Stock, if he's well. Otherwise, we're looking at. I hate mm. to say it. It does pain me to say it, as one of our emergencies who did don the jumper at some point against Your the man. dogs. Do you think Do you think he comes in for OMAC? Like who else is sitting there ready to go who knows the defensive system? I don't you, even like saying his name. You'd, you'd fit right in on, on Carlton Twitter, mate, because, yeah, there is kind of a bit of a, a Voldemort situation. We had we had Mark on on Twitter when we put put the question out there. He he wondered whether it was Young as a straight swap, or if Kemp could be the guy. Uh, personally, I would rather see someone like Kemp have a crack over mm. over Plowman. I, I, as much as Plowman still, I thought he was had a good season last year. You know, he did he did his role. I, I think where we're at as a team now, we we have the luxury where we can try some things down there. And uh, it, yep. I would I, I would certainly have Young or Kemp to come in over Plowman if, if Omak can't get up. So there's there's nothing wrong with Young, is there? Because I actually enjoyed watching him. Me too. Was it in our, was it in our pracky game? I think it's just our last pracky game. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, – Young looks like a blue. He actually looks like – Agree. He fits in, looks like a blue, plays for the jumper – Looks pretty confident. Um, yeah, if that's if that's a logical swap, absolutely, I'd go with Young because I just yeah. I just really enjoyed seeing what he brought in the Pracky game, and Kemp. Obviously, you know, I kind of see Kemp as one of those 
early stage stockers in, in my eyes. Don't know if it's because they look a little bit the same, but um, you know, developing, colors. yeah, coming along well. Again, likable Carlton player that isn't yeah. just there because we like him and has no game. He's there because we see something. We see something in Kemp that that could be there long term. So, mm. Young or Kemp, that's a positive swap. I just don't like that Plowman has to be on an hour emergency list. Like, honestly, yeah. I saw something on LinkedIn. He accepted some internship for some job last sort of <laughs> six months is- ago. And I was I was hoping that he actually, that he, by him accepting this internship, it would be full time. And he actually <laughs> couldn't due to work obligations oh. on the Navy Blue. And um, yeah, I, I can't remember. I, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm big time off Plowman. I just think enough's enough. I want to see Carlton take, take it seriously with him and, you know, just just never play him again. I think he didn't like. Yes, he was kind of one of those players that was keeping things together down back. But when that's your option at keeping things together, is it you know any surprise we had the year that we had? Like, Plowman is not a premiership player for us. He's barely, barely twenty two. Like, I would rather just see someone else like a Kemp Young. Yeah, anyone else, just anyone. I'm so off Plowman. Well, I think one of the things that we one of the things that we liked about Plowman over these last few years, he seemed to be pretty reliable at taking that like the mid-sized forward. And we were like, and who else is there that could take that guy? Like, yeah, Stocker could do that in a few years, but right now it's Plowman. And I think we've already seen uh, in the first game and a half that Plowman didn't play. Like Williams was playing on Dusty when he went forward, Sard on Dusty. With the system that we have now, we we don't need someone like Plowman to just be a zero. Yeah. And those players yeah. were in the side last year, so it begs the question. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I seen enough, I saw enough round two. No, was it round? Yeah, it might have been round two. When, whenever we played the Pies in our first match last season and Jamie Elliott was just, mm. you know, running off Plowman, kicking a bag on him, like that was enough for me yeah. to just say that, like, this is our option who is going to small forwards. Like it just shows you how far we've come. Like, mm. and I'm very, very pleased that Vossi's made that call and put Williamson and Plowman on the emergency lists, you know, like yeah. not just like, getting games like weirdly for some reason. Like, yeah, Will- Williamson is another one of those guys where was so bullish, was so bullish after that oh, year yeah. he had. Um Yep. God, the years emerging. Was that the that was the twenty season, wasn't it? Must be. That, yeah, that twenty twenty season. He was playing good footy, confident, just ran off the halfback, and then we just he went into his shell last year. Um, and yeah, I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's thought this because seeing him in, on the emergency list actually kind of confirms a few beliefs that he mm. is really fringe for us and mm. isn't fitting in just as well, and um, obviously helps we have the midfield depth to take up a few more spots now, but um, I'm glad yeah. we made the call on Williamson. Yeah. Well, on Young, <clears throat> he played in the in the VFL game on Friday and I only watched a bit of it, but from all reports, mm-hmm. he was quite solid down back, which was good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very open to him coming in. The other guy who was apparently the, the best player in that game was Dow. So he's another <laughs> one that is pushing and pushing. And for me, it's a big matter of, Keep pushing, and you're going to have mm-hmm. to push the wall down to get in at, at this stage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Dow guy, but I think that's that's where it's at right now for coming back into the team, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm maybe a bit different to you. Where Ches 
if you're a healthy mate, we're going to make room for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not so. I'm not. I'm not exactly the same on Martin at this stage. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Especially after these two wins, obviously he was part of the first win. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see. I haven't made my mind up, but I'm, I wouldn't just be like, "Yep, yeah, you're a you're a lock to come in," and then someone like Fogarty or Setterfield come straight out after a loss. Yeah, but mm. I I actually tend to agree. I know I talked him up as being back in COVID, uh, back from COVID and, and we, we take him. But yeah, I, I, I wonder, I wonder sometimes about Martin. Like yeah. he, he looks the goods, like does some things, but ultimately he's not our strongest player. And if, I mean, these are the, these are the, these are the situations we want to be in, like talking about Martin, not getting a game. You know what I mean? The big recruit two years ago. We have come a long way. And so I think it's a good conversation to have and it shouldn't be off the table just like Dow's having a run through the twos. Mm -hmm. Is Martin having to also prove something again? That might just, you know, that might be too far-fetched for a few blues, but I think when you do have, um, I'm just looking honey back three to four weeks. Stock's obviously going to have a run, then he'll, he'll come through. Chera, obviously, um, Young, Kemp. We've got enough here. We've got enough to not be, you know, so focused on on just like Martin just because he, he was an import. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm. Mate, I reckon you've done it. I reckon you've made it through your debut. How you feel? <laughs> I'm well, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's 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 been good. It reminds me of when we used to work together, and uh, very reminiscent of a Monday morning wash up with you <laughs> by the desk and um, chewing That's the fat. It. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad we can do it on a more positive note, mate. It's um, it's good to see. I'm keeping a lid on it. I know you've already purchased tickets to the finals, but oh, of course. Um, yeah, I'm just going to wait a little bit. Honestly, keep going, keep playing good footy. Um, and we'll see. I think we'll see. Well, appreciate you filling in for Ian, mate, and coming on. It was a great chat. I loved it. I'm sure we'll be getting a beer on Sunday Arvo at the G. Yes, which will be good. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and thank you to everyone that's listened this week. Um, as always, at the Navy Blue Corner on Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, that'll do it for us. Go Blues. Go Blues. Thanks, Locke.